Hello, everyone, and welcome to Courageous Mama. I'm so excited to um, bring you this episode. I have been like thinking about doing this podcast and having um, this particular guest on here since the very beginning. And I talked to him about it yesterday, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm down." So, um, in true in true fashion, he did not disappoint. Um, so, my guest is. Um, his name is Nick Richards, and I have known him for approximately 36-ish, they're almost 37 years, um, as he is my brother. So, um, another he, courageous mama. Another courageous mama. <laughs> he is uh, literally the one of my best friends, and he. Br- <laughs> I know, I know. I'm tearing up now just just thinking about it. Um, and loser that he is moved out to Maryland. So I don't get to see him very much. So, um, but anyway, it's the worst introduction ever. I hope that goes down in the history books, <laughs> but Nick, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. I see you have a pop filter as well. Oh, what? Oh, That's this, this little guy, the, the pantyhose thing that you're talking yeah. through. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I was, I've told um, my, my audience or lack thereof in the last few episodes, all three people, all three people that are listening. Um, <laughs> I've talked about my, my ghetto um, setup that I have that I just kind of went on Amazon. I was like, yep, that looks good. So it's actually a lot. When I started podcasting, I used um, the USB microphone from GarageBand, the, oh, nice. the game. And that was, I like had it on my pen case just kind of laid in between some sharpies you have the fancy like crane thingy oh yeah we're we're fancy here you are you are so far from janky so well thank you for that uh my self-esteem boost for the day (laughs) also the followers will come just build it and they will build it and they will come (laughs) it's i so i just record my last um episode i recorded um it'll air next tuesday and that there's been a big gap between the first you know four episodes i did and then this last one and i'm like i need to do an episode just on consistency because i think so much in life and this i don't know if this is true for you but for me like I'll get so into something and then those like that instant gratification doesn't come or it just takes longer than I anticipate. And so I'm like, Oh, arms are thrown up in the air. I don't know what to do. So I give up. And I was kind of feeling that way with this podcast and I've gotten some good feedback from some friends that have listened to it. And anyway, so I'm, I'm like, I, you know, I really want to do this podcast. So I just need to be consistent with it. And I think, I think it will, you know, come together. Um, <laughs> as you learn road. not to smack your microphone. As I learn not to smack my microphone. Uh, I've, I've found that there's like a, um, a balance. Shout out, you know who you are. Like I've found that for me, it's about striking a balance because I need to embrace that I'm not going to be consistent because life doesn't work that way, especially with kids. Sure. But to just keep putting content out. Like it's not going to be every week or something, but I also don't want to wait three months before I do it. So finding the groove where I accept that I'm not going to be kept to a real strict schedule, but I have to find ways to keep reminding myself to just put out the content, even if I'm not getting that instant gratification so that the flow of content is what brings people in and gains you viewers and listeners and gets your 
stupid thought barf out in the world. <laughs> At least that's what I call it coming from me. I'm sure you're, you were always much smarter than I was. So. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate the thought barf comment. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious, because I, I like where you're going with that. Okay. What, where, like, how, how would you turn that, like, not necessarily in a podcast, but just like in life or as a parent, like, how can you turn that consistency? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, yeah. Or maybe it's just all in my head. I don't know. But um, let's no, just pretend other people struggle it, with it. <laughs> the struggle is real. The struggle is real. in like, you know, the last year when everybody's lives were turned upside down. And right. Schedules were changing and schools are changing on a regular basis. Like, yeah, it, it's really tricky. Um, it, I can't really throw out any broad advice because truly like everybody's situation is so unique but like I could share a little of what works for me with my situation sure um so, wait I'm gonna pause you right there okay. hold that thought so just for a little background for yeah. our, our listeners um you have four kids um yes. that you co-parent with yes. and so you have um them you have all four kids a week at a time uh correct yeah uh yeah so I have four kids for a week and then zero kids for a week and then four kids for a week. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's important maybe yes. to what you're kind of going into. So I just wanted to kind of lay some groundwork there. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, and that's kind of a key to my situation where the weeks that I have kids, I get nothing done. Like I cannot, I can't do podcasting or, or my hobbies, which are, extremely nerdy um, <laughs> so then the weeks that I don't have the kids I need to plan in advance and like all right next Tuesday when I don't have kids that's when I could do this record and when you asked me to do this podcast I'm like great yes can you do it in the next two days because that's <laughs> when I don't have kids I know I can't do it next week and then we run into Christmas and stuff so yeah. Um, so I kind of put the pressure on you to knock this out because that is what works for me in my parent life. No, so that, that makes sense. Hold on to a little piece of myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a challenge, I think, with so many people. Um, you know, you and your wife work uh, full time and, and me and my husband work full time. And, and just that that whole keeping a part of yourself um, I think so many of the time, and I don't know if this is the same case for, for guys as it is for girls. I'm interested to hear your perspective is that we just feel lost because we've dove into so many different aspects that we feel like we're giving ourselves up to all the, to, to being a parent, to being a spouse, to, to being a good employee. And so at a certain aspect, and then you're tired, you're just fucking tired at the end of the day that you just, you know, you, you okay, just want good. We can swear on the podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. No explicit, uh, explicits are allowed. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're just, you just get so tired and you're like, I don't, you know, you, you prioritize what you can, but at the same point, you kind of got, you have some give and take too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can't speak for men as a whole. Um, I think my personality and my path up till now has, you know, I, I was a stay at home dad when Elena, my, your, your niece, my first daughter, <laughs> Born. I'm familiar. I, I'm not sure if I was talking to you or the audience. So no, no, you're good. You're good. Um, when my when my daughter was born, I was a stay-at-home dad for several years. Um, so I kind of filled what has been historically the 
the female role, you know, the mom role. Um, so when I took Lane to her ballet lessons, it was like a bunch of upper middle class women. And then me in my punk rock black shirts and my, you know, <laughs> ripped up jeans, putting my little girl's hair in pigtails so that she, you know, and um, so it's hard for me to speak for all men. I don't, I, there, there are definitely men who share my story, but I know there are a lot of men that don't and are. No, I think you're all the same. I'm at. It, it, it just, <laughs> if you could just put us all in a box, that would be wonderful. Um, no, but in terms of, um, I, I have done more public speaking out about some of my struggles with all of this stuff lately. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share with you and the fact, I don't know how much I've like talked with you about it, but, um, I've been in therapy. Um, I was for, for awesome. a good stretch. I, I left cause I was doing really good. Um, but then with the pandemic stuff, um, I had to go back uh, and had, I don't want to use the word had to, but I started, there was one week in particular where I had three like really bad I, they weren't medically diagnosed, but they were anxiety attacks, I'm sure. Sure. Um, and so that was enough for me to go, you know what, something's not right. I need to go back to therapy. Um, and it is, you, you lose, uh, some of it for me was work um, and, and the school situation in conjunction with each other where I'd be at home I needed to get a day's worth of work done, but I also needed to get to kindergartners through their online classes. Um, my stepson who has autism, I needed to get him through online schools. And, and Lane, who's 10, she's good. Like she can just kind of, she's kicking ass right now and is very self-motivated. Um, but getting the other three through a class while I'm also needing to get stuff done, like it was not, good for my mental health sure um and then school opened up a bit more and so that was you know freed it up and then it shut back down again and it, like it's it felt like not just every week was different but every day was different and and a different kind of struggle and and it was it is it's really easy to lose yourself when there's so you know there's there's the kind of parental lose yourself that I was experiencing before but then like Eminem like style this uh oh uh, in the, music, the moment <laughs> yeah, you own yeah, it yeah, yeah you got it you got it <laughs> like, what does candy have to do oh no Marsha Mathers okay I might be a... okay be so uh empty without me uh, it's been a while <laughs> um, Sorry, let's get serious again. <laughs> uh, yes, let's let's make this real serious so that it's pleasant for everybody listening. Um, no, I, I mean I think I was heading towards a wrap up, or maybe I needed to be pushed towards a wrap up. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's this year has been particularly hard for that, and and I hesitate to speak from the male perspective, but from yeah. my perspective as a dad, um, that. I, I certainly resonate with that. Yeah. And I, I see so many of my friends, so I'm very blessed. Alexis, um, has, has in-home daycare. She has preschool, but it's two hours, two days a week. 
Um, and one of our daycare, um, in our, one of our in-home daycare ladies, she lives right next door. So she walks her to daycare. Um, and well, in the winter, she'll probably drive her, I would imagine, but who knows, they make snow boots. <laughs> um, so, um, but we've been very blessed and I, I see so many of my friends and, um, people that I work with and just, it, it's different school to school, but I was just talking in my last episode, how much, um, respect I have for parents that are trying to juggle this whole new way of, of living and um, you know, my company in particular that I work for, they're super conscientious of the fact that we need to be flexible in this environment because we span three states, our territory, and every, every county's different, every state's different um, as far as regulations for schools. Um, and so the, I, f- I feel very blessed to work at the company that I do. And I, I would hope that many companies are like that, um, but I'm sure there's some that aren't. And so I, I think that that mental struggle, I think if you're, if you're dealing with any piece of all the repercussions of COVID, um, you, you do have a lot more and different type of mental stress than you normally, normally would, air quoted. Um, but so I applaud you for going to, going to therapy. I've, I've gone in the past and I've debated going this year, but it's that balance of when am I going to do it? Um, right, so, right. so I, I hear you. <laughs> it was when, when I first had the thought to go it was my, it actually added to my anxiety because I'm like, when will I have an hour of, you know, every other week for me to, because again, I schedule it when I don't have the kids. Right. Uh, but even the thought of that extra hour twice a month was stressful. Once sure. I got one, once I made the time for it, it was fine. But um, yeah, no. And, and as you said, or likewise with you, my company is very understanding of the school situation. Um, I've certainly had to call up and say, look, I know I'm supposed to be doing something, but I can't today because stuff changed. And they're understanding, but at the same time, I, as as you know, I work for um, an arts or a nonprofit arts organization mm-hmm. uh, that's primarily a series of music venues, sure. uh, and those are not doing very well, right? Like the whole point of our arts organization is to bring large groups of people together. Like right. the one thing that you absolutely you should do. not be doing right now. Right. And we've come up with a lot of clever ways to like stay relevant and still uh, uh, continue serving our mission. Um, but it has, re- whenever you start something new, which we have done like now three major new things this year in order to just do what we normally do, um, it's a lot of work. And sure. so I, I would talk with my bosses and, uh, the reaction is kind of, we totally get it and we'll be as flexible as possible. And we still have to do this in order for us to all have a job. And it's like, yep, I feel you and I can do this much and I can't do this. And, um, and that push and pull has, you know, they're, they're extremely understanding, but there's still a tension because just at the end of the day, and this is true of kind of our whole team, our whole staff, there is more that needed to be done than any of us had capacity to do. And we all pulled it off together and we all suffered mentally because of it. And we also held, held each other together, you know, because we are kind of a tight knit group, but it it was rough. Sure. 
So if I can, if I can kind of go there, uh, feel free to be like, nope. Um, <laughs> but how, how are you doing now? Oh, you may go there. Um, <laughs> I, it's good actually that I feel a little weird about it because the, the timing was such that by the time I'm like, oh, damn, I need help. Also, that's kind of when the schedule started easing up. So mm, sure. like, I, I felt I shouldn't feel silly, but I told my therapist, I feel silly, like going in here and going, yeah, I'm kind of fine now. Uh, so, <laughs> but I'll see you in two weeks. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's helpful to work through um, things that you've gone through, especially like most recently, just, and I'm not a therapist. I mean, I could be talking out of my ass right now. I don't know. So I think it's important to reflect back on situations that you've just gone through. Even if you, even if you're out of that, maybe you, maybe you don't know how you got out of it or what caused it. And I think just reflecting on what, what the situation was can be very beneficial for your present and the future. Yeah. And I, I think for, what therapy has been serving for me is, um, you know, we, we moved around a lot, uh, when we were growing up, like every yep. two years we moved and yep. I don't know if it affected you the same way, but I found for me, it was really hard to make long-term friends. Um, and I got into a bit of a survival mode where I would like just try and get through until we moved again and then high school was we finally stayed somewhere but then it was really hard because i everybody else already had their friend groups and i didn't yeah. really fit into those um and then as adults it becomes hard to make friends for right? sure like maybe you're in a mom's group or you know they don't like dads don't get together and be like oh my god let's talk about the day we just had like it's <laughs> I love what you think mom groups are. <laughs> we drink. And you drink and go, we drink. holy shit, the day I just had, right? Am I wrong? I mean, that's fair. Okay. Whether you're drinking or not, you're still going, holy shit, my kid did the dumbest thing today. Holy uh, Christ. Yeah. Can you believe that's, that? Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Which is, I'm imagining what this podcast is essentially going to be. Is... Yeah, it's basically, um, I need a drink in my hand, and then we yes. could be drinking, <laughs> talking about the shit day we have. It, it'd be the same thing. We'd just be slurring our words more. Right, yeah. <laughs> Great for audio. Um, <laughs> I think back to um, when our grandpa passed away. I'm, and I'm, I'm a hugger, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I like hugging people, um, but that's not true of all of our family. Right. And so that was hard for me to navigate growing up. And I'm, I, I don't know. I know we hugged, but are you, would you Oh, I'm a hugger. hugger? Oh, you I'm are. for sure okay. a hugger. Yeah, okay. for sure. Dad is not, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But Mom I, is. <laughs> but neither is Graham. Neither was Graham. Right. And yeah. so when, when grandpa passed away, I remember going to give Graham a big hug and she like, recoiled from me took a giant step back and was like no don't do that yeah um and it's just i i that's another kind of like not that specifically but just those kind of interactions is something that i've been thinking about a lot in terms of consent you know consent goes way beyond just sex right. um but then like even if you acknowledge 
and understand and live your life in a way that always puts consent, prioritizes consent, then you have to figure out how to navigate the kind of person you are and how you deal with situations when you run into somebody that needs something different in those. Oh yeah. It's, and it's not easy and I don't have answers for that. And you know, that's part of it. Uh, it actually reminds me of um, the whole idea of the five love languages. Um, yes. And I, I can't think of his name, but the idea that whether uh, any relationship, you know, it, it's called love languages, but really it could be with your kids. It could be with yep. your spouse. It could Absolutely. be with coworkers. Um, but the idea that every single person, um, you know, craves and wants different in different ways. They, they want things in a different way. They want the um, same acceptance and feeling, but they, feel it different through different things. And they also don't necessarily express it the same way that they need to receive it. So right, right. the two different sides to it is tricky. I, I, yeah, I, I remember listening to a podcast and I, I apologize, I can't tell you which one it is. Um, but I remember listening to one and they were, they were referencing the five love languages and just the idea that you know, typically if you're, if you're not aware and intentional about it, you're, you're giving off. Um, so my husband, he's a acts of service. Um, so he shows his love by doing acts of service because that's how he wants to receive love. And that is not my love language at all. Um, so, you know, I'm, I've got a couple of them, but words of affirmation comes to mind as, as one of the top ones and, and that's not him. So it's just the idea of putting yourself in the other person's shoes, which is yeah. really hard to do in, you know, more emotional states, like when grandpa passed away yeah. and you, you know, you wanted to give her a hug and, and that she was like, don't touch <laughs> me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's just really interesting um, yeah. that I think the more, the older I get and the more intentional I become of just the mind and um, emotions and people and values, just all those things. Um, I think it's really interesting from a psychological perspective to watch interactions of other yeah. people and hear about those kind of um, ideas. So, well, and you said, uh, Brent shows love by acts of service because that's how he feels love. Where for me, I show love through acts of service but i don't feel love from acts of service oh really yeah interesting so for me it's words of affirmation and touch sure um and i tend to express love by through acts of service uh and then the other two because that's what i need but um there's that just because you feel love one way doesn't mean you express it and vice versa oh sure and that's interesting i suspect that I developed that acts of service through observing dad. Dad, who yeah. Who's a very acts of, like, he definitely shows love through acts of service. So For I think, sure. I think that's how I developed that one. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, it's It's been really interesting to hear this conversation kind of play out, um, you know, kind of pulling myself out of my body and just kind of listening <laughs> to both of us talk. Um, I'm going to step back a, a few conversations ago when you were talking about um, how we moved around a lot in school yep. or, and just throughout the school age years and, um, and you found it really hard to, to find friends because you knew you're going to be moving. Um, so I just wanted to touch on the idea of perspective yeah. because um, so I'm, I'm 
18 months younger than you. So I was two years behind you in school. And in, in my head, you know, my, my bigger older brother was, I, he was an idol in my head. And so he could do no wrong. Um, he did a lot of wrong. I'm just joking there, but, <laughs> but, um, but you always seemed like you could get along with anybody you wanted. Um, you, you, felt to me like you fit in uh, no matter what the situation granted when we moved a lot I, I didn't I was too young to really um, be aware of your social yeah. um, state but you know especially when we got into high school um, you know you were always kind of on a pedestal for me so uh, I always felt that I was kind of that that loner I didn't really have that group of friends and so I always idolized you in that fashion so it's it's interesting to hear this is uh, totally a side tangent here, but it's very interesting to hear from your perspective, just the idea that that was very uncomfortable for yeah. you. No, I was, I was bullied quite severely all through high school and it, it wasn't, it, it got better as I got older, which was when you entered high school and kind mm -hmm. of, so you, you observed this, my junior and senior year. Yep. And my, my freshman and sophomore years were the worst, but it certainly continued. Um, no, I was bullied quite badly. Um, and it was, it was rough. I remember I, I had graduated. I, I um, came back. Mom and dad were still living in Trever, but we were, it was probably when they were moving and we were helping them pack up. Um, and I found a journal that mom had kept um, from that time. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, it actually dovetails perfectly with how we're talking about, but, you know, but to one generation back. And she, I was kind of leafing through it with her permission. Um, and I found some entries where she was expressing how frustrated she was and how she didn't really know what to do because I kept calling out of school sick. Mm. And she'd have to come get me and like figure out what to do with me when she had a job. She had a full-time job that she was responsible for and had to deal with. And then sure. her son is like routinely, um, I got really good at faking sick because <laughs> I was an actor. Right. Um, <laughs> but what it was, was I, I was, it, it was probably some level of PTSD or like trauma from dealing with the bullying that I experienced. Whoa, I'm like, I'm blown away by all this. This is just crazy. Um, well, you've turned into a fine young man, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've certainly learned to deal with adversity. I think I, I, I do. I'm, I'm proud of the, the man I've become. I found that therapy for me is kind of like a stand-in for having a friendship or friendships that... Sure where you can, you can sit down and go, holy shit, like, this really sucks, doesn't it? And, and I, I'm very, I have an amazing relationship with my wife. We are very good friends as well as, you know, all the other stuff. Um, and we can commiserate with each other and we make each other feel better. But at the same time, we, bo we both know that like, talking to somebody outside of that situation still has a lot of value and is needed by us. Like we need those other relationships. For that's sure. hard. And then on top of that right now, like even the friends that, that I do have locally, I can't be with, you know, because we, because we are all locked down in our homes. Right. Corona. Um, so it's, I, I think that connection with other people is part of staying sane when you are 
when there's so much demand on your mental energy from a full-time job and children and housework and you know all of the other stuff and making christmas happen for every, you know it's 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 a lot and we need that outlet and i don't have that outlet outside of my wife and therapy is filling that need at this point no but, that's that's awesome and my general i really like i try and bring it up when i have the opportunity because mental health is stigmatized as a whole but then there's another level with men and mental health and oh for sure um so i just like having the opportunity to tell other people like hey i'm in therapy and it's a positive thing and i'm healthier and happier because of it so yeah for whatever it's worth no i think um i've got two thoughts and hopefully i'll remember them both because my memory <laughs> sucks but um you know i i think that all of those you know topics that are hush hush i think i'm seeing maybe it's maybe it's just kind of me paying attention but i think i've seen an influx in people being more okay to talk about things that maybe in the past have been um you know sweep it under the rug it doesn't exist uh mental health being one of them um i haven't really gone into the story yet it's it's in my plans too but um infant and baby loss um that that kind of thing people people don't talk about it um it's it, it makes the other person listening feel uncomfortable um, this is what I've observed and they don't know what to say or do. And sometimes it just feels good to talk about, like yeah. from my experience, like it just, sometimes it feels good to have somebody listen to, Hey, I went through this thing and it sucked, sucked really bad. Um, but Hey, look, there's the other side, like I'm, I'm through it or yeah. I'm working through it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still putting one foot in front of the other yep. and I'm still, I'm still, I'm still here doing things. So I think it's awesome that you're comfortable talking about that. Um, so <clears throat> want to give you a kudos there. Yay. I think part of the, your observation, I, I agree that it's being talked about more broadly. And I think a big part of that is social media. Like we, we live our lives so much more publicly, even though like there's certainly pros and cons to the whole social media phenomenon. Um, we pick and choose what we put out into the world, but we're putting ourselves out to a lot more people and we're seeing what a lot more people put out there. So it's easier to find tribes, if you want to call it that, right? Yeah. And, and I think the Me Too movement is a great example of this. Like, again, um, um, sexual assault is right in that category of things that mm -hmm. people don't like talking about um and and you can feel uncomfortable hearing about it from somebody else because you're not really sure what the other person needs or or, or for a hundred reasons but the fact that more people are saying oh that happened to me too baby loss oh a lot more people oh you you recognize that you're not alone Right. And it makes it a little easier. Nobody wants to be the only person going through something. And, right. And that makes it easy to hide it. Um, and when you find people that you can get the kind of listener that you need in that moment by finding these pockets in the internet, um, then it, you get the opportunity to share it in a safe place. And for, like, I, in terms of comfort speaking about it, I think for something that I've realized in the last few years 
is when I was younger, it was easy to think that when somebody was telling me their problem that I'm like, oh, I can fix that. Let me, let me try and fix that. You know, let me, yeah. oh, it's going to be okay or whatever. And so asking somebody when they're in that vulnerable moment, hey, do you, are you looking for just uh, somebody to listen? Are you looking for advice? Are you looking for a solution? Where on that What scale? do you need? And a lot of times it's just, I just need to say it. And I just need you to hear it and go, yeah, that sucks. Yep. And, yeah. and so I found that I, by defaulting to that first, I've become a better listener and I've been a better support for people that needed to say things. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we just had a, a coworker um, pass away and he was, he was three years older than me. He's got a, a daughter that's, that's Lexi's age. And so it just, I've, I've worked with them in meetings here and there, but we weren't in the same state. Um, just, you know, probably two, three times a year, I would, I would see him in meetings. Um, and I was writing out a, a card to his family who I've never met. Don't, you know, I, I've heard their names just through the incident. And, um, and it was one of those things. It's like, I, I don't know what to say to you, yeah. but, um, but just know that you've got people like in your corner. I don't know who you are. I didn't say this exactly. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I who don't you, know you. <laughs> but you, you've got people that are just, you know, wrapping their arms around you the best that they can. Yeah. And so, just, just know that. Think when I when I think about the person that I've become, the father I've become, the man I've become, I think back to mom and dad and kind of. Try, I look back and see like how I became the person that I am. Sure. And I've had these conversations with mom and, and feel good about that. But dad, he's, you know, we're, he's becoming more open to emotions and things yes. as he ages, but yeah. he hasn't always been. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that dad understands how good of a father he was in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I think whenever we get close to a conversation about it. He gets really dismissive. And I think he's Graham's backing away from the hug. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think I've turned out really well because we had two parents who always loved us, mm -hmm. even if one of them didn't say it, <laughs> um, <laughs> to but this always, day. <laughs> always showed it and yeah. always gave me a safe place to be when I needed it. And not everybody is that lucky. And yeah. I think that was the most important thing. There were definitely times, especially in high school, when I needed a safe place. And I always had that at home. Yeah. No, it's, um, I'm, I'm tearing up a little bit because <laughs> it, it's, I mean, you, you think about all the people in the world that, um, that quite frankly, don't have the same upbringing that you and I had. Right. And while it wasn't perfect by any means, we're, we're very blessed to have um, what we, what we have. Yeah. Um, so I'm just shooting that on the universe because it feels right. Um, <laughs> um, so I've got uh, 10 minutes before we've got to go because, okay. you know, I quite frankly, I got to go pick up my kid from daycare. So, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. life. <laughs> um, we've had a, a lot of really good deep discussions. I've, I so appreciate you being on this, on this uh, podcast with me. Um, get careful what you wish for. Um, <laughs> but what I'd like to kind of end the, the conversation with is uh, dealer's choice. 
um, something maybe a little more lighthearted Christmas, New Year related. I know this probably won't air until um, closer to the end of the year um, okay. in between Christmas and New Year's, but I'd love to just kind of end with a lighthearted, um, you know, dealer's choice. Perfect. Okay. Do you have the elf on the shelf? I do not. So you <laughs> blessed me when my daughter was three years old with an elf on the shelf. And you didn't address it to me to open the pet. You addressed it to Elena so that Elena would be the first one to open this and I would not get any veto power. Oh, I can't help but laugh right now and I know it's coming. <laughs> What's coming is an Amazon box made out to Lexi with a goddamn elf on the shelf so that you can know the torture of needing to remember to move that motherfucker every single night for a month because otherwise the kids will be like, why didn't the elf move? Did Santa die? Was I, am I, what's going on? The elf is broken. So, um, oh shit, we're it, in, in bed, naked, like ready to fall asleep. And it's like, oh fuck, I didn't move the goddamn up. Where did I put it? Oh, I need to put, no, I already put it there. Where the hell am I gonna put this damn thing? I need to put a warning on this uh, episode to make sure kids aren't listening. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you had no problem saying fuck yeah, when there were kids listening. <laughs> uh, values. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I was thinking about this, honest to God, this week, like before I even called you about doing a podcast episode with you. And um, I was, I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if he still remembers that I did that because I feel like if he does remember, I remember every December, (laughs) (laughs) every day of December. And I've thought about every year since my wonderful little nugget niece was born about sending it, but I needed to make sure she was old enough that when she opened the package, it would be magical for her. So you couldn't go hide it and say, what yeah. Elf? yeah, no, that's, that's fair. All of her friends have elves and she talks about it. So I feel like it's the right time. If yes. you're going to get revenge, now's the yes. year to do it. Oh, I can't wait. Um, Brent actually was just asking me what this whole elf thing was. Cause somebody was talking to him elf. about it. And I was like, oh, we don't want an elf. <laughs> We don't we, want no. We want to send them to <laughs> brothers who so, we love, apparently. In my defense, I, when I sent that to my adorable three-year-old niece, um, that was in 2015, <laughs> 14, 14, 2014. Either 13 or 14, yeah. Prior to me having kids of my own and when Elf on the Shelf was relatively new, so I didn't quite grasp the uh, responsibility needed from the adults in the house on the Elf on the Shelf. However, the I- lifelong <laughs> obligation that you laid on my front door. I do what I can, Bubba. Um, <laughs> I was very relieved to hear from a friend of mine who has an elf. And I was talking about like this impending, like my brother's going to get me back someday with this <laughs> goddamn elf. And I'm like talking to, to her about it. And she says, I used to always like think that it had to be like the Pinterest quality, like, you know, the elf and the Barbie on a, on a, you know, just having fun in the corner, kind of like funny stuff. And they're like, we just do simple movements. And that is a lot less stress. I'm like, 
okay. I, I, I might be able to handle that. <laughs> I, pit, I literally pick it up and stick it somewhere else. <laughs> when the, when the, when I drop the kids off for, you know, for their uh, time with their mom, um, I'm like, if I don't do this now and move it now, I'm not going to remember a week from now when they come and they're like, the elf has been there the whole time. <laughs> well, you guys weren't here. So the elf has actually been <laughs> on vacation and forgot what all the bullshit lies you got to make up to just keep this elf thing going. Keep the magic alive. Did um, you quarantine your elf this year? No, no, the kids were excited about it. Oh, see, you're a good yeah. dad. Well, despite, <laughs> despite what I others tried. might say, <laughs> you're a good I dad. Am, I am a surviving dad, and, <laughs> and that is good enough for me. Awesome. Well, on that <laughs> note, um, Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and okay. uh, if if the if the um, feedback from this podcast go as I hope it will. Um, I, I'm going to make you a regular, so hey. no pressure, but no, um, would, would love to have you on regularly. I'm Plus going it, to become a full-fledged co-host oh, and then eventually go. just take it over. And take I it over and the, you'll be the courageous mama. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> cool. Um, for, uh, is there any shout out as far as, um, social handles that would help yes. out what you're doing that you want to sh uh, shout out? There's, there's <laughs> two things that I'll do real quick. Um, one is my podcast, which is a movie review podcast, uh, called the shameless picture show. You can find it on all major streaming platforms where um, I'm a filmmaker, my co-host is a filmmaker from Milwaukee, and each time we'll pick a film that we haven't seen before, and usually one that is like a an epic film that you should have seen by now. Not always, sometimes we pick some like crappy B-movie, but typically <laughs> it's, it's movies like The Godfather, Gone with the Wind, you know, Alien, these films that a lot of people have seen, and then we talk about it um, as as filmmakers, um, what we thought. And we talked about nostalgia a lot and things like that. So that's one. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll mention is the, uh, again, I mentioned I work at a uh, arts organization that operates music venues. Well, we've been live streaming a lot of our shows and that's one of the solutions that we've done for COVID. But we were, you know, filming shows before that. But now we have this great, well-curated YouTube channel with uh, lots of great concerts. So if you go to youtube.com slash, <clears throat> my voice is breaking a little, youtube.com slash Avalon Theater Maryland. Can you um, spell Avalon for A -V -A -L -O -N, everyone? A-V-A-L-O-N, Avalon Theater Maryland. Um, there's a lot of really great shows on their uh, full concerts. Some are just individual songs, but a lot of great music to put on as you're working or you know doing whatever. And subscribe, because that really helps us. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast and I love you. I love you too, bud. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye.